Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and I'm back again with another special guest. This is one of my guys right here. I love to watch him grind and all the work that he's putting in. And right now, I'm sitting with Mr. Brandon Golden. How you doing? Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Happy to be on here. Oh, no problem. Now, Brandon, like, usually when I introduce my guests, I say entrepreneur or, or athlete or whatever, but I didn't know what to call you because you, you do so, so many different things, videography, and I know you're at the station right now, but what do you like when you, when people ask what do you do? What is it exactly that you tell them? You know what? Honestly, at this point, I just I'm a music publisher. Like that's just that's what my business evolved into is music publishing. But it's a lot that go into it on the back end. So it's like just to give it one title. I mean, the music publisher now, but on the creative side, I mean, it just depends where you would like to start at. Cause um, I mix engineer. Mm-hmm. Photographer, videographer, celebrity interviewer, like that's just yeah. Because I was gonna say yeah. journalist, because you know that's kind of what I what I tell people. I'm a journalist, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, so how, how did you actually? Let, let's start with the um, journalism. How, how did you actually get into all of it anyway? What like what made? How did you get into it into this business? Well, I was always writing. Mm-hmm. So like you know, I grew up writing articles. I had my own blog for a while. I had a magazine called Music Talk Magazine. That was like my first real project. Right. Like I started a magazine when I was nineteen. I was up there upstate. It was like my I wanna say like after my freshman year, that summer transitioning into sophomore year. I started a magazine and from there I ended up hopping on with the shade room early on. They only had like one point four million followers when I got there. And from there I was still trying to do music in the middle of all of that and it just ended up turning into me doing celebrity interviews for right my mixtapes out and then going basically after that basically I went independent. Right. Cause I, I remember I remember I think that you wrote for you did some uh interviews for was it mixtape what mixtape tape? Oh my mixtape my mixtape yeah, yeah, yeah my mixtapes and like you say you were in the shade room and all yeah. that stuff. Like how how did you actually cause I know some people don't know like how do you get on with those those kind of people? Like what do um, you just reach out to them? The shade room was a funny story because like honestly my girl went ahead and like told me about the shade room. She was just telling me about this this big blog on Instagram. She was like, yo, you need to hit them up, try to get on. And like I, I just sent an email out and I sent them my magazine, told them what I was doing, and a few months later they hit me back. And it really started like that. Like really my girl told me to get on and that's what happened. How much do you feel like they kind of benefited you from just um, kind of getting on with the shade room? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna flex. The shade room only taught me what to expect moving forward dealing with major mediums in the industry. Mm-hmm. I didn't really learn any skills. Like I'm gonna be honest, everything that I've done was taught by Google. Google, yep. Google, literally. Google's like a best friend now. Google, I, YouTube. I had one article published on Shade Room website. It's still up today. It's uh the two two chains dropped the mixtape Trapper Valley Three. Trapper Valley, yeah. And I did the music review because like they had a music department for for a little while. Mm-hmm. That's how I got on. I was writing music reviews. That was the only one to actually post. But the thing that really did it was I posted. I got a couple of followers from it. It was like okay, so you know you. I was like, all right, they got a million followers. I'm not gonna just get famous off one post I see. Right. You know, I have no idea how this goes. Mm-hmm. But after that. It was some background stuff going on as far as like I might have just been doing copy editing and sending it back with errors I corrected and then it just slowed down without really um I never got a phone call like it was over. Like they just stopped hitting me up. Right. So like it just stopped out of nowhere 
And then I ended up with my mixtapes right after that because mm-hmm. um, I basically pulled the same move. I sent out an email. I had content. I had just did a Jacquees interview and they liked it. I did the first ever interview on their app. Mm-hmm. Then that was dope. a few months later, they pulled the same move. Like it was like they kind of just cut contact, ain't really say nothing. So from that point on, I just really understood how the business was going to work for me. And I just went ahead and did my own thing. So they didn't really, I guess they didn't like cut you in the check. It was kind of like a contributor position. Like oh, yeah. Just, like, yeah, there was no checks cut. Like I was, um, I, I want to say I was I was 20 with the shade room, 21 with my mixtape. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I was just happy to be getting it in because right. you're never going to get no paycheck in the beginning. Like, that's, exactly. where, that's where young men go wrong. Like, mm-hmm. you can't look for no paycheck. You got to you gotta just love it. Yep. And Every opportunity don't come with a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you're not going to get no paycheck at first. It's like, why are they going to pay you to do something that they could obviously do already by themselves? Exactly. Yeah, and, that, and that's actually how I was when I was a uh, where I wrote for uh, Black Sports Online for maybe a little, maybe close to a year, and never got. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And uh, we we never got checks, but uh, Rob, like he was one. That's really why I started because I the one thing I wanted to pick up that I didn't get a chance to do at Upstate because I caught I started doing it at the tail end yeah. right before I graduated was uh was um the journalist the writer. Yeah. So Rob was a guy, and shout out to Black Sports and Rob. And um, they um, actually, that's why I started learning writing, writing articles and all yeah. that stuff. Raw, and I didn't get a paycheck, but he he does put his journalists in a position to where a lot of times we don't get the opportunity, especially people of color. We don't get the opportunity yeah, right. as as other people do. So Rob was one of those guys that kind of like helped push uh push journalists and help them get on the different platforms. Right. And you don't get a paycheck necessarily. But you do get that experience. It's something that you need. He taught me some useful skills, like because um I thought I was a fire writer, but like he really taught me how to bring more out. Like I remember I used to send him articles with certain topics, and he'd be like, "Okay, you can write about that," because he was hands on. Yeah. So <laughs> I send him an article, and then he'll be like, "More, more." Like he'll be like, "Go more in depth. Like, like take this angle, take that angle." Mm-hmm. So like he really taught me how to be very analytical, because like he really ain't play that. So exactly. Like. I really like the way he did things. Like it lasts long though. And 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 then uh, what else I like was like even now when I look on when I I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be, but when I was on there, man, like he takes the angles and and makes it a catchy catchy a yeah. catchy article. Makes yeah. the he makes it stand out because you know a lot of a lot of places they just kind of it's not really a catchy article. It's something just so generic or whatever. Yeah. But you have to have something that makes it stand out. But um. Talk a little bit about your, um, like you said earlier, you were talking about your uh, publishing company. Can yeah. you talk a little bit more about that? Well, basically, um, my publishing company, this is like my newest thing, but um, I went like straight legit with it. And what I mean by that is, you know, I just got my LLC, got all the business handled behind it. Mm-hmm. And with music publishing, it's it's really two lanes to where you can cross, two lanes you that can cross paths with this. Right. You can collect royalties for artists or and I should say and or you can go ahead and like license music to television shows and films. So basically I'm just taking the film route. I'm mm-hmm. taking the film route. I wanna go ahead and like take music that I get and license it to TV shows and film. And it's just something that I fell into because Be Golden TV is a celebrity entertainment medium. Mm-hmm. But I wanted it to be more than that because I just want to keep adding layers to it. So while I'm going to go ahead and like keep doing my celebrity interviews, keep on building content, 
I'm also gonna have this whole publishing company that really just sets the sets the tone and sets the foundation. And what what do you keep this content? Cause I feel like man, it's like it seems like you're sitting on a lot of dope content. Cause I remember, like you say, you you, uh, you interviewed Jacquees and you interviewed yeah. some other artists. I feel like I didn't really know about it until I seen you with him. I, I remember um, Rollo as well. Yeah, I didn't even really know too much about Rollo. See, like you kind of yeah, catch these artists before they like really kind of. Take you know off what, I, um, I called Jacquees right after Mood came out. Mm-hmm. I called Rollo uh, right around Diary of the Streets too. Mm-hmm. So like I really was catching them at good times, but I didn't know I was catching them at good times. It was just like I was just hitting these dudes up and getting in contact with their people. And it just so happened that when everything came together, I ain't recognized till later. Like, yo, I caught him at a good time. Right. Because like, the thing is, most people don't see the back end. Like when I'm out here actually doing this, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Right. I'm like, yo, like, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. Exactly. So, like, everybody just get to see the end effect on social media. No one gets to see how I'm sitting somewhere like, all right. 100%. Yeah. I'm about to get this going. A lot of people ain't going to let you know that, though, because of ego problems yeah. and shit. Like, and, like, social media, if you look at social media, everybody winning. Like, yeah. they don't, you don't really see, like, the backstory of how what it takes to set up interviews and what, yeah. what all you got to do. Like people, yeah, like when I, I do the same thing, it's like, man, people don't really know like what you go through and to kind of set this stuff up. It take, it's a lot to it. Well, do you feel like, do you feel like that uh, working in my mixtapes and shade room helped you get into those, um, those interviews or was it just strictly like independent? You know what? The only thing that they helped me do was move forward independently mm-hmm. because they didn't help me do anything. They they never set up one interview. They didn't help with no cameraman. Right. They I, I when it came to shade room, I was talking to one dude at the time who like basically was you could go ahead and call him my um I guess you could say manager or right. whatever. He was the music director of the time that was over the music review section. He did a few other things up there. I, I interviewed uh, one of Mike Will's artists by the name of Jace, right? Jace. Jace, okay. Pub- Jace Publicist was a missa. She knew the man, like the man who got me on at the shade room was her best friend. So like I had an opportunity to go back. But once again, it would have been for free. Right. This was like over a year later from the time when like all contact just fell apart for whatever reason. So they all they really did was just give me a platform to be able to say to the next person, hey, I did this for so and so because I've I've used it, but like I don't use it anymore. Like it don't even come up in conversations. Like, right? Talk about some other artists. I know, like some other artists. You feel like you kind of were kind of the first. I remember I saw Rich the Kid as well. Who are yeah, some other yeah. artists for people um, that don't know that you actually sat down? Well, with? Rich the Kid, Skipper the Flipper, Ayo and Tayo. Um, those young dudes, right? They yeah, they kind of yeah. young or something. Yeah, I, they, got, they got one platinum record. Uh, the the Roly Roly. Oh, that's them. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I got you. I got yeah, you. Um, man, Zeus. It's a few different artists. Like I'm really, I'm really going on um, brain dead over here now that you asked me about yeah. it. Because I, I interviewed uh Zion Williamson. I remember that. Yeah. Interviewed uh D Ray Davis. That's one of my latest ones. I got a Country Wayne interview I'm dropping next week. Okay. I done interviewed um John Witherspoon, Pops. Pops. I met more artists than I've actually interviewed, like because right. I've, I've had a chance to meet guys like Marlon Williams 
and a few other big names. And I, I've done 30 celebrity interviews, and it's crazy that I can't name them all off the top of my right. head right now. It's been a three-year span. What's that feeling like for you when you actually interview like a celebrity? Like, or at least that first experience was was kind of like a starstruck feeling for you, or how were you? I, I wasn't starstruck. I was just I just couldn't believe it was finally happening. Right. Because uh, I had been trying to interview people for two years and it wasn't going well. Mm-hmm. So when it finally happened, I wasn't looking for it. So the Jacquees interview, when we was in there doing it, like my the first interview was my worst interview because when I go back and look at it, was he the first one? Yeah, he He's, was number one. Okay. So. Well, well, um, he was the first celebrity I interviewed. Before that, DJ Montana, we were still in school. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I still had my magazine going. Me and Montana had did an interview where I interviewed him. And I don't know what happened to the footage. He sent it to me one time. But, like, that was my first interview. Yeah. But my first celebrity interview was with Jacquees. And, like, I just didn't know how to be an interviewer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just had to go back on Google learn some new skills, go watch some dudes do it on YouTube. But I really learned from just, I learned how everybody else can learn, you know, just go on YouTube, go on Google, figure it out. Yeah, this is that's really what pretty, I did. Yeah, that's all it takes, man. You just got to, you know, just kind of learn some stuff on the fly. I want to tell you kind of a little bit about my first experience with, uh, with um, how I, my first celebrity interview, well, well, the people that I actually met, like from Coach K, I actually met Coach K and uh, doing my internship. I met Coach K at ACC Media Day and Roy Williams and and Patino. And then I actually ended oh, yeah. up I started covering the Hornets and Panthers. So man, when I when I actually saw these guys, it was, it was like the first day that I actually did it, I was kind of like starstruck. And I talked about this actually. It's crazy because like one of the first interviews that I did last year was with Troop, and we actually sitting like in a room like this. And I was telling him, man, the lady that when I was doing conducting those interviews in the media room, I was like, man, I was nervous. And she told me, you know, these these are your peers now. She was like, I was the same way as you, but now these are your peers. She's like, don't put them on a pedestal because if you do, you already lost. She's yeah. like, you just got to go in and, and treat them like this is like an ordinary person, which they are. They, they're human just like us. They might, might have they might have more money, yeah. but at the same that's time, they, they're human though. That's like, it, and that, that's the thing about it, man. And most of them pretty pretty laid back. Like, we had some people that uh, didn't really care. Ath- athletes, anyway. Some some yeah. athletes, when you go and we went into the locker room, they didn't really care to talk. But for the most part, man, a lot of them were really, really laid back people. They watched the same stuff we watched. Yeah, they like the, everything like that. So they pretty much laid back. I ran into some assholes. Like, yeah. I, I done ran into, I ran into more cool celebrities than assholes, but I ran into some assholes. And more on the sports side, because yeah. um, I, I, I worked Panthers training camp last year, mm-hmm. and that was an experience because I've never done interviews in that type of setting where you basically, it's a bullpen of y'all surrounding yep. each dude, and y'all basically fighting. For Everybody's so, fighting. Like, yeah, I, I'm fighting yeah. too, though, yeah. because like, that was my first time doing it, and I got off. I, got off, I said, all right, if I get off even three questions with these dudes, they've been doing this for years. I, was, right. I, I said, I want them. I did it. I did uh, the Panthers training camp. It was about four years. I had just graduated from Upstate, and this was the training camp the year they went to the Super Bowl, and that was kind of a different feel for me because, like you said, like everybody's crowding around the athletes, and um, everybody's just trying to get the questions out and everything like that. But I did manage to get one. um, The first, matter of fact, the first ever one-on-one professional interview I did was with um, Fozzie Whitaker, the running back for the Panthers. This was. 
this was like yeah, about four or five years ago. And I actually, it's actually on my SoundCloud. That was one of the first ones I ever did. Man, a lot of times I like to kind of have like that one-on-one interaction with him so you can kind of talk to him, man. But man, Fozzie was a very laid back dude, man. But gotcha. but um, I'll tell you actually one of the crazy experiences. I, I, I'm gonna ask you first, what's one of the like negative experiences you've had with like an athlete or whatever? Man. And you don't have to say their name. I got one with, I'm going to tell you their name. Okay. <laughs> but, like, I got an artist one, too, though. But the celebrity one, um, it'll have to be Greg Olson. Greg Olson? Because he did my interview, but, like, he was so damn dry, though. Like, mm-hmm. Greg don't like to talk to people. Yeah. I noticed that because um, I interviewed him twice. I called him at training camp where they come out and they stand out there for a few minutes and you catch them when they just arrive. Mm-hmm. And then I called him after the game. The uh like one of the training camp training. games they had. So and I'm, I'm gonna remind you, like I don't I don't keep up with sports like that no more. So right. like I don't I, a lot of these guys, I can't remember their name off the top of my head from the team, but Greg Olsen, he's the one who really was just like, it's like, yo, I don't even wanna do this, I don't wanna be here. And it's like you have been in the league fourteen plus years. Right. Suck that shit up and get this interview with him, like right. treat it like it's your first day. Christian McCaffrey would have been my favorite because, like, he at least spoke. You know what I'm talking Like, he's a, he, he was more he was more talkative. Like, he actually would answer my questions. Greg Olson just looked like he didn't want to be there for anybody. But right. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, you know, when you do this for so long, it's just like, whatever, you're here to play football. But that would have been my negative experience, like, dealing mm-hmm. with him. Right. On the artist side, K-Camp. K-Camp? I interviewed K-Camp at the end of last year. That was... The first time I interviewed an artist, where I was ready for the interview to be over. Really? <laughs> yeah, like mm. because I don't I don't get starstruck or any of that. Like if somebody don't want to be there, of course you know you're not gonna get an attitude and be like, yo, you fucking up my flow. You're not gonna really do that. But at the same time, it was just like I'm ready for this to be over. Yeah. Okay, and can we just listen to him on uh on one of Nipsey records, but uh. Matter of fact, well, I'm gonna talk about Nipsey a little bit as well. But um, one of my experiences, well, I'm not gonna say his name, but I remember, I still remember playing this day in the Hornets. Uh, they played the team. Yeah, I remember because the exact same night they they did the verdict for um, uh, what's, uh, I can't remember his name. Malcolm, uh, was it Malcolm? Um, they got killed by the police officer down in Missouri, I believe. Uh, Mike Brown, Mike Brown. Okay, gotcha. And um. There was it was actually on in the locker room where they were showing that killing or whatever. But uh, this was actually like I was kind of looking forward to going into the locker room and just talking to some of the guys. And uh, I remember walking in and one of the, the journalists was, was talking to him. And he was like, you know what? He said, I really tell you how I feel about the media, but I don't feel like getting fined twenty five thousand dollars. So he grabbed his bag, walked into the training room and just boom, slammed the door. Didn't even yeah. talk to nobody at all. He just waited till it, pretty much the whole room cleared out. I mean, he he didn't say anything to me or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it was just like that, just that attitude or whatever. It was like, man, yeah. I don't even know if he maybe. I mean, and that's not to say he's a bad person. Maybe he's yeah. having a bad day or not. But it's yeah. some of the things yeah, like that. Taking back to that human side, because honestly, like when you got to deal with that, like all the time, you know, yeah, you're playing ball, it's like you are human. So it's like yeah. if you're really tired of that, if you really don't like that aspect of it of your of your career, your job. I can honestly just I can see them not wanting to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like we always don't want to talk to you either. Like we trying to get something. You're trying to do a job. Yeah. yeah. We trying. doing our job too. So it's like exactly. I, I just I think they should or at least I can't even say what they should do because they their own men. Mm-hmm. If I was in their position, 
I would be more sympathetic to the other side because yeah. we all got families. Exactly. And uh, now the one part, the one guy that I always say, if anybody ever asked me, the most professional to me was hands down was Dirk Dirk Nowinski. Dirk. Okay, you interviewed Dirk. Yeah, we um yeah we went in the locker room. I, th- I can't remember one of the questions. I think the question I asked him was because this was when they had Raymond Felton at the same time. And I think I asked him, and it was him and uh, Tyson Chandler. I think I asked him something about uh, Raymond Felt because Raymond Felt had just came from the Knicks. You know, he had a gun charge, and I was asking him how how did how would Raymond Felt fit in with them once he came back from his suspension? But man, Dirk Dirk stood there at least a good ten minutes or so and never had an attitude and answered every single question like that anybody wanted to ask. Like he just stood there like a true professional. And never had an attitude with anybody and just answer every single that's thing. That's all you ever catch on camera with Dirk. Yeah. Like, he seemed like a stand-up Man, guy. Dirk. Like, that's, a, that's a legendary interview. Yeah, man. But, that, but the thing, you know how it's like all of the media is in there, so yeah. you got to try to get your question off. But but Dirk was, was that guy. Dirk, and, uh, Ginobili. Um, Mello, Mello took a – Mello was cool. Mello was really cool. He just – um the Knicks, were, were they were trash that year. Yeah. And um, – it just took him a while to come in there. I think he had to get dressed and everything, get situated. But Melo was Melo was a cool, a cool athlete too, man. But but Dirk to me was was hands down the most professional professional athlete that I um that I, that I encountered. So, but does does that does how does that make you feel about that the celebrity after you know a negative interview? Does it make you not want to listen to that music anymore, or how how do you look at? It? Well. I never really liked K Camp's music like that. Don't get me wrong. He fire when it comes to I'm not trashing his music. My girlfriend loved K Camp. I told her she can't love me no more after right. <laughs> but, but you know she Kiss Three was dope. I said that before. Yeah, I, I like I like the Kiss Three mixtape. You know, I can't lie, my girl done had me listening to all his music like it right. Yeah. But like do I have I ever gotten in my car, or have I ever been at work and said, "Oh, I'm gonna you turn on kick out"? Yeah, I, I, I never in my life did that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like I, I listen to more um conscious rap, J Cole. Yeah, I like Cole, Kendrick Lamar. You know, that's more my vibe right there. That's definitely more my vibe. I want to get back to it. We're gonna talk about some some other artists as well. But let me yeah. get there back to uh radio real quick. Talk about a little bit about how you actually ended up getting into radio. Well, the thing is, um. I was, I, I knew graduation was approaching or I knew the day was coming where I was just going to leave school whether I had a degree or not. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about, okay, it's cool that I have celebrity interviews. It's cool that I can do this. But it's, I started thinking about my resume. Right. Like, how am I going to get a job? They got to pay some bills. I've never been the type to want to do work that I didn't like. Right. That's just one thing that never sat well with me, like doing something that I didn't like. I never mm-hmm. lasted long. So I figured out that the only move that I could possibly make at that point was to be a radio personality because I'm like, I got these interviews. I'm like, these is hot artists in Atlanta. I was like, I know I can get on as a radio personality here in South Carolina because they ain't even got this going on. Exactly. It was the total opposite. You can't just get on here because these artists that you interviewed that Atlanta knows, it's not not the urban scene in South Carolina, especially right here in Greenville, where in Greenville, like where where the radio station is. So they didn't care about that. They wanted to see other things. Like I had a better chance of getting on in digital just off of my video and photography experience than having these interviews 
that nobody actually cared about. Mm -hmm. So I had to change gears there. I went in as a promo rep looking to get on air, but when I recognized I couldn't get on air, I changed I changed the program and moved towards the digital content manager position. What's the I can't remember, but well I know when I was there, we kinda came around the same time. I was with the um I was just running the board for yeah. ESPN Upstate. I think you was there before me too. Yeah, I think I started maybe like that August somewhere around there, August something yeah, like that. I came in October. Yeah, and I um I pretty much I just ran the board for um ESPN Upstate and the and um WRD Word. Yeah. Whatever. I can't remember what was the block actually there at the time when we started or it wasn't um, even yeah, the block was there. It was there. Yeah, cause I just I don't I can't really remember, and I never really did anything on the, on that. The block that was anyway. approaching their one year anniversary. Okay. the month I started, cause they had the Gucci Man concert downtown and um the old Bylos and uh Bonsa Bonsa Cool. Okay, so that was their one year anniversary. Okay, so they were there just slightly. So different. so what all did they did they have you doing when you started? You said you were in marketing. No, I, I, I was in uh, the promotions department. Promotion, okay. and, and, like it was, I mean, man, it was a uh, for a college kid at the time. It was great. Like I mean, you out here, you driving around radio station vans, you you getting unlimited free Papa John's pizza. You know, you just you just talking to fans, you playing games with them. Mm -hmm. That's just what it was. But like the money is trash. Exactly. And you don't recognize how trash it is until you start thinking about grown man things. Mm -hmm. So when I was transitioning out of college, and it's like, hold up. This is nine dollars an hour. It's like this cannot continue. Mm -hmm. I can't keep doing this. So it was Especially for that drive, man. Yeah, it was yeah. like I, almost an hour drive for me. I wasn't making money either. I could. I wasn't. I wasn't doing it too much longer, man. Like it was a blessing that I could move up when I did because I had told myself before I found out I could move up. I was like, yo, I'm about to leave here. It's right. like it's like it's done. It's like I've done all I can. Then I got word that this position was going to be coming open. And that they were really considering me, I was like, okay, well. Right. So, what do you what do you think is is the benefit of working in radio nowadays? Because I look at it now, it's kind of like it's. I don't want to say it's a dying industry, like it's just going to completely go away. But it's so many different outlets now. Yeah. With with social media plus with like podcasts now. Yeah. It's like so many different outlets now. What what do you see this taking radio in the future? Um. Honestly. Because I feel like our generation, man, I feel like we don't care to listen to the radio. Exactly. I feel like you have to be in a car where there's no ops cord to listen this, to the radio. Exactly. So I feel like radio is only surviving because of the, I'm going to say the 35 and up crowd. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, like even my mother's 45, 46, and even she's on her ops cord in the car. So it's like even that varies, but somebody's keeping it alive. Like it's people out here that's listening to the radio. I'm not sure how it's still managing. But I do feel like it's going to die off just because of Sirius XM, Pandora, you know, mm -hmm. all the other streaming, uh, soft, like, like all the other streaming platforms that you can use. So I just honestly don't feel like it's going to last. Because cause the thing I think about is like one of the things is like, why, why would I sit and wait for an hour for a song that I actually want to hear when I can just pick it up on my phone? And just go right to it exactly. instead of just sitting there for an hour waiting, hoping that they play the song, and they might not even play it while you're actually in your car. You can just take, get, like, say, get the aux cord exactly. and just turn it on. So I was like, why? Why would I sit? That's why I'm. That's why I'm kind of worried. Like, where is radio going? And, and you know what? Um, so I just thought about this. Radio is surviving due to the record industry, so mm. they might not go anywhere because the record industry is what keeps the radio doors open. Mm -hmm. 
because think about it. What do we hear over and over again on the radio? We hear the hits. Mm-hmm. We hear what's hot on Billboard. We hear what the record labels is pushing. Right. Constantly. They they say they say new music from such and such over and over, but this song is two, three months old. We only hearing what the record labels are pushing on all of these radio stations because no matter what state you go into, you go hear the same artists, Cardi B, Drake, exactly. Migos. But at the same, but at, I look at it the, the same time. You can still go on social media. Everybody has a phone now. Yeah. And these artists are so big that you can go directly to them instead of radio. Though that's what I'm saying. Like on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, like you have like direct access to these celebrities, and basically they'll let you know what they have going on. So you don't really have to. Like I said, with radio, I just like I don't know like. Like what's the what's what's gonna what's gonna go on with them? I, I don't think it's gonna completely go away. But at the same time, even for me, like I love the Breakfast Club. Like sometimes I, I might I might go to it. Go, I had an iHeart Radio app on my phone, but for the most part, I like to you know catch the interviews and see who they have on and, gotcha. and watch the interviews. I don't really have to. I only watch on YouTube. Like, exactly, I'm just go to YouTube. Car and like turn try to listen to the Breakfast Club mm-hmm. because honestly, I'm. I'm not even thinking about it by the time I am going to work, but I've never gotten in the car trying to turn on the breakfast club. I go straight to YouTube and I let it watch, watch the, the video. Exactly. The so video so that's why I'm like, maybe more radio stations are probably kind of go go that route of exactly, you know, getting the videos on for radio, for the interviews, like having like they do with like in, when they interview uh, celebrities, you know, right. kind of record the videos and they post them on YouTube. Do they let you, did they, did y'all do anything like that where y'all recorded the celebrities? The interviews and then posted them online later on. You know what we we do that sometimes, but one thing that I've come to figure out, like sometimes an artist may come in the station and the personality doesn't alert us, and it doesn't. It happens rarely these days. But when I first got into my position, it would be a situation where somebody was in there and they didn't even tell us, and I was like, "What you gonna do? Like, are you gonna are you just gonna tell people about this interview that happened on Al? Exactly. Like, video like, this is a visual world we live in exactly so honestly i say depending on what radio station you work at every every general manager every program director at different radio stations they have to be in tune with what time we're living in digitally mm-hmm. in order for them to take the initiative to go ahead and say hey we need to move like this concerning mm-hmm. celebrities instead of just this another day and they're coming in here and we're not going to worry about if we have the best video. I feel like with radio these days, you have to be like the Breakfast Club. Exactly. You have to be mm-hmm. the best on air and online. Mm-hmm. Some radio stations are only worried about advertising over air and they're missing the whole market that can also become advertising dollars mm-hmm. through the Internet. Because I think they will greatly benefit radio. Like yeah. if, if intercom, like when celebrities come in and you actually get that footage. But I think at the same time, and I could be wrong, but I, what I think the, the Breakfast Club, what they do is, I guess, like they try to do interviews like after the show is over. That way they actually have time to sit down and just do an interview and let the yeah. whoever they interview and just let them go. Because, you know, the radio, like every 15 minutes so, you got to stop and do your commercials and get all the advertising exactly. and all that stuff. Like the Breakfast Club, when they sit down and do interviews for 30 plus minutes. I think they do. They shoot theirs afterwards. That way, they can. They know they have time to actually sit down and interview the celebrity. One thing I've called a couple times from just listening to them go at it with different artists. I, I've heard an artist say something like, "Yeah, y'all got me at three a.m. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, early in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So, like, because the show is on, it started at six, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It's like from six to ten or something like that. So, like, I'm sure they, I'm sure they doing it afterwards too. In some cases, depending on who they interviewing. But like, I done heard a few artists like, yeah, you know, y'all got me here early this morning. So it's like sometimes it's like, yo, they in there at three o'clock getting in. Exactly, they like, do early. And early. and what I noticed was. Well, Charlemagne, well, that's one of my probably that is my favorite journalist, period. What I what I see by his when I study the Instagram page, what he'll do is he'll let you know the night before or sometimes the day before we got this person coming on the Breakfast Club in the morning. So that lets you know they already shot the interview yeah. already. They're just gonna air it the next day. So right. it's kinda like they have time to, you know, kinda chop it up. They don't try to promote it before the artist actually comes on because that might hurt you if you're saying, well, this somebody's coming in today and then they don't even show up. Yeah. So they kind of wait till they actually have an interview done. And, and I, then... I've, I've had my own trouble with that one to where, like, I don't even announce nothing no more. I don't mm-hmm. announce it because I've had instances where I'm like, yo, I'm about to go interview such and such tomorrow and tomorrow again, I'm quiet. Right, yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out. It's like, damn, it's like, I, I didn't see that coming. But something that I do is, um, and I'm pretty sure, you know, things, certain things come up but sometimes when I try to post things, what I'll say is tomorrow I'm expected to sit with such and such. Yeah. That way, I'm just in case, I'm giving you, yeah. I'm giving you a heads up. Like I'm expected to sit with this person, but if it doesn't happen, then okay, I mean, yeah. it's not. So I say I'm expected. So that's what I what I use. So anybody watching this that's in journalism, they, they give you an idea. Or I mean, you don't have to say anything. You can just wait. What I'll say because I actually did that with um when I interviewed Lil Yachty's dad, um. I said tomorrow I'm expected. I mean, expected to go to Atlanta interview uh, Shannon McCollum, Lil Yachty's father, and then I try to give people a chance to, you know, if you got a question you want to ask, then feel free to comment or whatever. Yeah. But I always say I'm expected to interview this person. That way, it's not a guaranteed lock because things that's, come up. Anything yeah, can happen. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I learned early on. I'm like, yo, none of this is guaranteed. Like, it's um, I put a post on Facebook one day. It's like. You know how hard it is to get famous people to give you their time for free. Mm-hmm, exactly. This is I'm talking about this it's not for everybody. This is really not a game for everybody. You gotta you gotta know how to push through. Yes. Even when they even even when nothing's moving, you gotta know how to keep mm-hmm. pushing through. Cause it's dry spells out here. You gotta know how to that's why I that's why I change up the way I do business. That's why I add layers to things because I didn't want to risk it all anymore on celebrity interviews. Like, yeah, I'm still going to be doing these interviews, but there's more business to be had. Mm-hmm. That's how I got into publishing. Right. And it's one of the things for, for when I do my interviews, I try to, um, of course, they're not all celebrity interviews. But my, my formula is I just I just tend to ask people, you know, hey, would you be willing? To, I let them know what I'm doing. And it's up to them whether they want to respond. And not everybody doesn't respond, but I, I just reach out to them and ask them. That's actually... Cause people ask me all the time, hey, how do you get such such to come on? Well, it's just simple for me. I just, I just ask. Yeah. And but Same now way. now my body of work of what I've been doing kind of backs up what I've been doing from all the way from upstate where covering sports up to now where I created my own platform. Like I have a body of work showing what I'm doing in in like the giveaways and interviews of people I'm interviewing. So that's what um Shannon McCollum, Yachty's dad said. He said I want to check out your picture. We shot that at his house. And he was just like, man, I was just sold on you as a person. I made me feel comfortable because he never met me yeah. at all. Just seeing my page or whatever. So that's actually, he just saw how I presented myself. And that's actually how I locked in on my interview was just, sure. just reaching out and asking him. It's, it's stuff like that's, that. 
I feel like that's the way to really do it, though, like just to build a personal connection if you get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And and one thing that's uh one thing that shocked me the most about doing celebrity interviews over a long period of time, I've only ran into ego no more than three times. Mm-hmm. But I've ran into nothing but ego when I interview or or when I've even tried to set up an interview with an artist who no one knows. A local artist, mm-hmm. any local artist that's local to Atlanta, local to South Carolina, artists who you wouldn't know the name of unless you already know them personally or you follow them on Instagram, mm-hmm. they give me the most ego. That's weird. Why? Why? Why do you think they? Because it seems like they would be the guys who would be the most humble because they're trying to get you know, on. It's, it's like that. I've never figured it out to date. Like I've never figured out like why a local artist would have more ego. Then artists I interview who got gold plaques, Grammy nominations. I mm-hmm. never figured that out. Like it was it's the weirdest thing to me, but that's always been something that had me like, wow, like I watch guys who haven't made it yet give me more ego than guys who are already on. And that that could be a problem because if we can't talk to you now before the fame, if you ever get there to that yeah. that age level, what happens when you finally do get there? Then it's really going to be a problem because well, if they can't get to you now, then by that time it's like man, because because I, I, I have a rule with I have a rule if I'm reaching out to local talent, I only ask once because mm-hmm. I I only ask a celebrity two or three times, right. you know, because like it's it's in their email, they see the phone call. I know a lot of managers personally. I know a lot of PRs personally. If they don't want to do the interview, they usually say they don't want to do it or they don't respond. It's cool. You move on to the next person. Right. But I will only ask a independent artist that's local once because mm-hmm. of all the egos I've had to deal with. Because um, a lot of guys, I, I don't know what it is. I can't speak on it necessarily. But like it's, it's just it's funny to me. I ran into a lot more ego. You're trying to deal with people who weren't famous. I haven't. I, I haven't really done a lot of um, music interviews. I've done. I, I think I've done maybe two or three, and then we had the hip hop roundtable. I, I hate it because you can make it to that, but yeah, me um, too, man. For the most part, for the most part, I think I'm. I, I'm not against doing those kind of interviews, but I, I haven't really done a lot, so I can't really yeah. say that you know these guys are too stuck up for me through my experience. But you, you more on the music side than I am, so you know more about that. But uh, I, I want to change gears just a little bit and talk about something else. Um, so far this year, how, how have you viewed this year in hip-hop? Um, I feel like this is one of the weirdest years in hip-hop. Yeah. I feel like last year was one of the weirdest years in hip-hop. Like I'm, I'm old school. I'm used to bars. I'm used to substance. And it's it's gotten so far from the actual substance that I've had to remind myself like, yo, don't turn into. I, I've had to remind myself not to turn into one of those dudes that like just because it ain't like it used to be to downplay it. Like I've just had right. to learn how to like these newer artists because I feel like it all sounds the same. I feel like it's all auto tune. I feel like everybody talking about drugs, mm-hmm. guns, bitches. It's like it's no more substance right. coming in the game from an early age. Like I'm. I'm really lost with it right now. To me, it seemed like it's just like a little bit of a, it's more of a slower year this year. To me, last year, I thought it was a, a really good year because it seemed like everybody was, it's like every other week, somebody was dropping was dropping music. But this year, it just seems like it's a little bit, a little bit slower this year. It's like, you know, I'm still waiting to 
to hear the album that I'm like, this is the album of the yeah. year so far. I, and to me, Nipsey was that album for me last year. This year, I'll probably say, I'll probably say, um, probably two chains so far. To me, so far this year, I thought two chains had a had a had a dope album, but it's I really haven't heard so many albums that came out this year. And I'm like, man, this is a this is a great year in hip hop so far. And two maybe chains definitely has had the best album I've heard this year too. Yeah, opinion. so far, yeah. And maybe maybe. Um, we're gonna talk about Nipsey as well. Um, maybe that kind of I know that kind of hurt bothered a lot of people and that really that was really a, a tough situation, but maybe that kind of in a way set some people back. Cause I think they said YG was actually getting ready to drop an album, but then Nipsey's death took place. Yeah. And so he kind of pushed his back. But it's just like, man, this was to me so far, it's just like a, a rough year. And then just the Nipsey's Nipsey Hills of Death was made it even worse for me. It's like, yeah, man, man, this was a, a... Over the past couple of years, like, hip-hop has been experiencing a lot of sudden deaths. Like, yeah. From, uh, you got Mac Miller. Yeah. You got Drug Triple piece. X. Mm-hmm. You got Lil Peep. It's been a lot of, it's been a lot of death suddenly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then one thing that's really changed the game for me is that now everybody is seeming to catch death on the phone now. It's mm-hmm. like you got the footage of Nipsey Hussle laying like yeah, you had the footage of XXX laying dead in his car. In his car. It's like I feel like that's I feel like that's just one of the things also with this generation where it's like we definitely gonna feel it more when there's always somebody there to record it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something you shouldn't even record, to be honest. Exactly. It's, like, it's, it's like weird that people just people are desensitized. It's like if it's content, somebody gonna record. Exactly. It's like now people want just want to get those likes and the clicks yeah. and everything. It's actually turned me away from social media. Like I might be the only person I know that interview celebrities that dislike social media. Mm. I focus more on YouTube these days because like social media just and this is only for this goes only for me because I can't speak for everybody. But I watch so many people spend so much of their time trying to build up this social profile. That you would think that it's the most important thing in their life. Mm-hmm. As if, you know what I'm saying? As if, you know, you ain't got loved ones who could die any day. It's real, yeah. As if you ain't got other responsibilities that's not living on this app. I've watched people let their app determine their attitude in reality. Mm-hmm. This is something that can disappear. That's that's why I try to stay off of, uh, when I get up early in the morning, that's why I try to stay off, off of social media. Like, just to, cause it's just too much. And then if you, once you click on it, and you just you no, know, it's just people just talking about a bunch of nothing anyway. Yeah, it's a bunch so it's of nothing like that's why I'm really early in the mornings, man. I try to try to stay off of it. And what I have done now is, you know, I always say I hate to say it this way, but I say people are lazy, so we try to get to take the least amount of steps to get to something. So for me, you know, I, I guarantee you just about everybody has Facebook right on the front of their phone. So I deleted off the front of my phone. So I actually had to take time and scroll through my menu to find the app now to to go to it. Because now I'm like, man, if I'm scrolling, like, do I really want to go and see what other people are talking about? Was they really not talking about anything? So I took it off the front of my phone just because it's like just really a, a waste of time. But 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 back to Nipsey, you know, with depth, depth is is not easy. And I, and I hate when anybody loses their life. But. This was the one celebrity to me where it, it this this Nipsey death was really really bothered me because my man Calvin he actually put me on and I, I started listening to Nipsey last year man and since then it's just like man Nipsey 
talk is Nipsey talking and talk, man. And, and I just respected his his business acumen and how he how he carried himself and how he was actually for the people and cre- creating opportunities in his community for people. And it's just like, man, how how do you just take his life for nothing? I mean, an argument, just walk away. But to come back and gun him down, man, with somebody who's doing so much for the community. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm one of them conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I'm, I don't think it was necessarily over the Dr. Sebi interview alone. Because if you ask me, the government ain't killed Nipsey Hussle over free information. Because mm-hmm. while Dr. Sebi might be unknown to a lot of people... You can do a quick Google search on and information is out there. You can do a quick Google search and figure out that eating holistically can have health benefits to your life and reverse certain ailments. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like that's anything to do with it, but I, I do feel like there's foul play that goes above anything that you or you or I or anybody we know could prove. Mm-hmm. And it's really why I lay with it. I, I try not to think about it that way, but at times, I do catch myself. I like, you know, there's something doesn't sound right. You know, at times, yeah. like man, it just it, it it doesn't sound right. But and it's just like, man, at the end of the day, man, we we still lost somebody who's doing something great for the community and for the people and, and giving back. So it's like, man, if you if you do something to somebody like that, man, we we really need to check ourselves because I was like, man, that was like a a big loss in hip hop. Period. Just losing Nipsey, somebody of that stature, man, and and you and you hear it in his music. If you go back and listen to his music, man, one of the songs I heard was uh, I went back to Mailbox Money in the song. That's all I knew. That's how I knew. And he was just at the end. He was just talking about you know how technology is taking over, and this was like this is like the gold rush for us, and how a lot of big companies are going to start falling, and a lot of the smaller companies are going to start rising. It's like man, Nipsey was. It's yeah, like he, he could see everything ahead, coming ahead of his time. Exactly, man. he was really ahead yeah. of his time. And 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 to lose somebody like that, man, it's it's just like a big big setback for 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 the culture. Period. Because like, man, where do we where do we go from here? Yes, yes, I believe that we should still, you know, continue to get back to our people and help each other out. But it's just like, man, that was like that was the one death to me that really just like bothered me the most. Losing a celebrity. The way I feel about it in its entirety is, is that now all people can do is really just build off of everything that he gave us in the in the form of game. Like that's all we can do is follow his blueprint because that's all he was doing. He was giving us a blueprint. And right. It's him. It's like he he already he already planted the seed. Mm-hmm. And and he was all for you know empowerment and, and creating your own opportunity, being your own yeah. business. And that's what actually like that's what motivated me. And this is one of the one of my t-shirts, more than a job, man, because we're more than jobs. We're more than just a nine to five punching a a, a, a clock just to make yeah. some money, man. We we can be our own, empower our own people exactly. and, and give back and educate ourselves. That's why that's why our generation is moving to like I don't know anybody who's cool with working a job. Right. I don't know anybody who's cool with that. Like, yeah, we all got to do what we got to do. We grown. Mm-hmm. But I don't know anybody who is happily like, I'm I'm happy to be at this company. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself leaving. Everybody I know wants their own thing. They, everybody I know wants to be self-sufficient. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, when they're ready to move on, they'll move yeah, so on. We get two week notices. They don't. Mm-hmm. So exactly. that's just like, that's one thing we got to deal with. So like, 
I've never been cool with actual jobs. Like, I like the job I have right now. It's it's sustainable. But when um when I, when a coworker jokes with me and asks me um you know you still hanging in with us? I say for now. Yeah. Because it ain't gonna be forever. Exactly. Because we have yeah. we have bigger goals, man. You just have to set your goals high, man. And yeah. And life is too short, man. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to look back like, man, what if. I would have went after something I really cared about instead of just picking up this paycheck at the end of the day, man. I've taken a lot of risk at times where I should have been very careful mm-hmm. dealing with the celebrity interviews and things. It's been times where I should have went and got a job, but I decided I'm still going to kick it in Atlanta. I'm still going to do this, that, and the third so I can move on this way because I'm one of those people that I can't look back and say what if. Exactly. It'll never sit right in my spirit. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather risk everything right now I don't sometimes I don't give a damn what it hurts mm-hmm. I don't care what I might have done wrong I will take that financial risk because I gotta get it exactly I'd rather live saying oh well then yeah knowing that I tried and whatever looking yeah. back saying dang I wish I would have I would have went for it man. I hear I can I can go listen to my elders and listen to a whole bunch of regret and a whole bunch of what ifs because as the, you know, as as some of as some of our elders and our families would tell us, you know, I had kids. Mm-hmm. I had to do this and that. I get it. You got to mm-hmm. do this and that, but you still got to find a way. Yeah, got to find a way. And that's if you put happiness over money, because yeah. I don't move off of paychecks. I move off of what feels right in my heart. Exactly, one hundred percent, man. A few more questions, then we're gonna get out of here. Um, who who are your favorite artists to listen to? Um, hands down. J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, um, Drake sometimes. Hmm. I really like Earth Gang. That's one of my I don't know who that's that one is. of the newest people I'm on, Earth Gang. And I like to listen to uh still listen to Big Sean, still Big listen Sean to Wale. Dope. Big Sean need to drop gotta drop something this year, man. Yeah, man. Like I'm still listening, I'm still listening to Detroit. That's my favorite body. Yeah, Detroit was hard. Yeah. Detroit was hard. I like uh Dark Sky Paradise too. I thought Dark Sky Paradise was better than uh, I decided, but Detroit was. You was know what? Too. Dark Sky Paradise to me, it, it got some hit, it got some hits, it got some misses. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was better. I decided it was okay. I mean, it was good, but it, to me, it's just like I, I don't know about it. Yeah, but I feel uh, that. but my my favorite artists, of course, I I always say Jeezy, 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 Fab, and Ross. I think Ross. A lot of people don't like Ross because they say, well, he was a an officer or whatever, yeah, but I bars, think man. Yeah, Ross, Ross, Ross is dope, man. <laughs> Ross got hits, man. Yeah, Ross. Fabulous is a sleeping giant, man. People yeah. be wondering how Fabulous has been around for twenty years so and he still seems to be on top. Mm-hmm. That's what people need to start. Wondering and what I about. what I like about Fab too is that he doesn't you know ride the wave or somebody a popping artist at the time. He he kind of stays in his exactly. own lane and been in his own lane, man. Like I, to this day, I still don't understand. How Fabulous is still here, and that's no disrespect to Fab, but it's like you watch these other artists; they move different at his age. Like it's like they're trying to be more in tune with what's going on. Fab literally stays in his, his lane. Own lane; he does his own thing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm still just I'm like wow, like that's longevity. Yeah, I believe he'll drop something again this year. I like the last project he had was the one with um Jada Kiss, the Friday Night on Elm. Was it it's Friday Night on Elm Street? But Fab, I man, think so. yeah. Man, it's, it's really crazy though because like Fab is one of those artists. I wrote a, I wrote an article on him one time called "A Sleeping Giant," just based off of how he 
how he's survived this long and he really never lost a step. Fab is underrated. Jada Kiss is underrated. Um, I actually had uh, Royce the Five. Now I had Royce in one of my top five albums from last year. Was uh, the Book of Ryan. Royce, Royce, he, I think he's underrated too, man. A lot of those guys, a lot of the older guys, man, you don't. They don't get oh, the. I'm on Saha and Pusher too. Saha, yeah, man, yeah, man, I tell you, Saha might be one of the best lyricists I, I've heard, man. Like no Saha is, Sundays, is, man. is super dope. No dope on Sundays. Yeah, like, that's one of them projects that like I'm gonna forever ride. Yeah, that one. it was dope. And Pusher just he Pusher, man. Like, yeah, Pusher got them balls. Pusher had one of the best albums last year for me. So hopefully. Well, since he dropped last year, he might not drop album this year, but hopefully Saha can bring something to the table this year. Um, Fab, of course, Ross. I need another Ye album. Kanye, Kanye mm, still one of my favorite I, artists. Like, I, I know he go left and right. Yeah, Kanye just, like, I, I want to know what to expect from, from Kanye. That's the only thing, man. I did like um, The Life of Pablo. Yeah. That was a dope album. The one he dropped last year, was it last year? When he, I think it was last year when he dropped the uh, yeah. Yeah. It was to me it was okay. it was I, I feel like okay. I can't say I like every song on yeah because it, it's short first of all. Yeah. But at the same time, he's he a genius, man. Yeah. It's like, oh he is. Uh, you can't take that away from the, the sound and vibes he create, I've never heard before mm-hmm. from another artist. Like and he's been this way since day one. Mm-hmm. I was about to cut your interviews from before he even was known as a fire rapper. And like mm-hmm. he's been this Outlandish thinker, like yeah. he's always been this way. Like I was watching the interview because they only looked at him yeah. as a producer at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah, I was watching a Kanye interview from the beginning of his career. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, this is spooky. He still sounds like Kanye now. I'm like, it's like no one ever picked up on this. It's like this has always been who he was. Like it actually remotivated me to. It, it gave me more energy to do certain things. Right, yeah. he's definitely one of the best to do it, man. Just. I don't. I, I just hate that his antics might take away from from his his body of work and some of the, and the great music that he's put out because that's some of the stuff that he's saying. We don't have to get into all of that, but you know it kind of turns people away. Yeah. So now it's like with his next album, or people, of course, people are gonna listen to it. But is it or is he gonna pull like another stunt and just saying something off the wall just to get that attention? Yeah, yeah. I hope he don't do that, man. Because like I, the the Trump comments actually killed. The Ye album. Yeah, I feel like he could have left that alone. Though. Exactly. It just seemed like he just yeah. did it for attention. Like if he was, if he was, if his whole mission was to go talk to Trump to, you know, get justice for black men, that's cool. But state that, right? State that instead of just you know saying something that just gives people the illusion that you had this idea instead mm-hmm. of the idea you actually had. Exactly. But all right, let's wrap it up real quick. My last final question that I like to ask everybody: um, What is your final, what is your ultimate goal? Uh, my ultimate goal is that's that's honestly that's a hard question because I got so many ultimate goals. Or any goal that you have. I, I would say goal? my ultimate goal is actually to wake black people up mm-hmm. to entrepreneurship. That's my ultimate goal. I want to actually end up in a position with my company to where I have nothing but black owners in my company. I want, I want my company to be a stepping stone to where all I hire is young black men and young black women, young Hispanic, all minorities, mm-hmm. and allow them to build themselves up to have their own companies. I want to build people up to leave me and go be self-sufficient. 
that's my ultimate goal. I want right. to be that stepping stone. That's what's up, man. I appreciate you, man. I, I like to see what you're doing, man. Keep up the work. Before we got here, can you tell everybody how to find you? Find all your content that you, you have. You can find me on social media at bgoldensc, B-G-O-L-D-E-N-S-C. And you can also find on Instagram, bgoldentv. It's the same as my YouTube, B-G-O-L-D-E-N-T-V. Go get the celebrity content. And I appreciate you for having me. All right. Appreciate you, man. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Till next time, keep chasing dreams. This is Cross the Line Podcast. Thank you for listening.